Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Chris Hines. Last October, Chris Hines ran for 24 hours to raise money for Shriners Hospital for Children, Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, and Dementia Care three of his passions that we will discuss today. Hello, Chris. Hello, Miss. I still can't wrap my head around running for 24 hours. I mean, to, <laughs> what, what, how does one prepare for such a thing? You know, there are days that I can't um, imagine that I actually did it. I mean, it, it, it is still uh, flabbergasting to me. Um, how do you prepare for, prepare for it? One step at a time. Just like everything in life, it all starts with one step at a time. That's a lot of steps. Like- it was a lot of steps. It, it was. Uh, my, my training definitely had to ramp up to prepare my body for the the uh, the endurance side, to prepare my mind for the endurance side. Um, so I took myself from typically doing 30 or so miles a week to doing 50 to 60 miles a week. Wow. All right. So what does it look like when someone runs for 24 hours? Like, you, you, I remember you saying that your wife was there to support. Yeah. Like what was, what was she doing during all of this? So my wife was my crew chief. Uh, okay. we had a shelter at Creve Corps park. Um, so we had one base camp for everything to happen so we could have some food, some, uh, some, uh, nourishment liquids and to uh, have a place where people can come, uh, cheer me on, um, and, um, make donations if they chose. So she was in charge of that. And number one thing thing she was in charge of was me. That when I came in, that I still had um, uh, some whites of my eyes, that I did not look like I was going to pass out, and to make sure that I had everything that I needed to keep on going. And this is, why did you decide to do this? I mean, you were raising money for charity, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, kindness is a big part of, of what I'm talking about right now and prioritizing in my life and hoping others will do the same because we need it. Yeah. That is kindness on quite the level, sir. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, I guess it goes back a little bit to why I first started running in the first place. I first started running in the first place for me. Okay. Uh, back in 2012, uh, we were wrapping up Christmas time and we were going through some stuff in one of our kids' rooms. I found a picture of myself and in that picture, I, in my eyes, I just looked morbidly obese. Now, I wasn't, but I was heavy. I was overweight. But to myself, I'm like, how did I let myself get to this point? So I made that decision that so many people do around New Year's, made one of those New Year's resolutions that I'm going to watch what I eat and I'm going to try to get fitter. Gotcha. So through food, I was able to lose around 25 or 30 pounds, but I had to add the physical element to add some of that fitness to help starting to lose more. Got, so yeah. my friend and I went to New Orleans in 2012 for the final four. And he's a fitness freak. And he basically told me, it does not matter what we do, no matter what we drink on Bourbon Street, we're going to be working out the next three days. Very so the good. next morning, he took me out for a run. He promised it would be a 15-minute run. Well, 45 minutes later, we got to the turnaround point. So wait. You like went 45 minutes and we're like, oh, I'm just going to keep going. I'd have been like, oh, oh, no, 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 no. I was dead. In my mind, I was completely out of it. I came back. I I felt like I was going to dry heave. Um, He was cracking up. uh, But 
it showed me that I can do a little more than I thought that I could do. Gotcha. We come back from New Orleans. I start running my neighborhood. I'm just running a mile loop and getting a little bit faster each time. And I decided I was going to do this life-altering event. And I was going to go to Creve Coeur Lake in June and, and try to go around the entire lake. And the reason that was life-altering, because at that time, I'd never gone more than two, hour, two miles. Gotcha. And Creve Coeur Lake is 3.7 miles around. Okay. So I go around the lake one time, and I didn't die. <laughs> that <laughs> was a victory. It's something to celebrate. That's right. And I started seeing that I started losing more weight. My confidence started getting better. And I started running three to four times a week. Once I decided to do that, and I was doing it on a regular basis, my wife gave me a brochure. And she says, if you're going to keep on running, why don't you do it for a cause? And that brochure was for Team Challenge. Team Challenge is the endurance destination element of Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. Got ya. And what we did was, um, what, or what they did, because it wasn't me at the time, I hadn't committed at that point. What they did was they put on destination level races, typically half marathons, in places that you wanted to go. And that year happened to be Las Vegas. Nice. So I'm like, well, I can train because I'd have trainers teaching me how to run to a half marathon distance. I could raise money for a charity that I was incredibly passionate about because my wife has Crohn's disease. And we could go on a trip without the kids. So it was a triple win. <laughs> I love it. Fast forward through the, uh, the, the efforts and the training and minimal injuries and having an incredible time and meeting some friends. We went to Vegas, um, ran, I, I ran that half marathon, and I thought it would truly be a one and done. I'm like, okay, I've done this event. That was great. I was able to raise a little more than $3,000. That was great. We had a great time, but that was it. Well, I got what they call the runner's bug. Gotcha. So I did it again. I did another half marathon in May uh, as a mentor at that point for Team Challenge. And I really haven't stopped. Um, Since 2012, I've ran, I believe I'm at 62 half marathons, seven marathons, four half Ironmans, and about 200 or so other races of varying distances. Oh my um, gosh. I have, I, I've just, that, that perpetual motion has kept me going, has kept me sane, has kept, kept me invigorated. Well, and has also been very helpful to others, which is amazing. So, yeah. so I understand why you chose the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. Then why, why Shriners Hospital for Children? Uh, Shriners Hospital for Children has become really meaningful to um, myself. Uh, because I had the fortune of being the president of uh, my company's worldwide charitable organization, the MRI Charitable Foundation. Um, I served as a board member and then as president for uh, three years. And over the course of that time, we were supporting St. Jude's Hospital. And St. Jude is an amazing hospital. It really is. It really is. But with our organization, we have offices all across the country. And we wanted to have the ability to have a, a greater partnership with an organization. With Shriners Hospital having 22 hospitals across North America, we had the ability to have a connection with more local um, local hospitals as opposed just to the one mothership in Memphis. So I was um, part of the group that helped shepherd us from St. Jude to Shriners Hospital. And okay. with that, we just built an amazing connection. Then we heard the stories. 
Oh, we gosh. brought in some patient, uh, patient ambassador to Chicago for a national meeting. And then we actually had our um, national um, owner conference meeting here in St. Louis in 2018. And at that point, we made a, met a little boy named Connor. And Connor was able to share his story and the impact that Schreiner's Hospital had on him and his family and the amazing things that they had been able to do for him to become more, in his world, normal. Well, tell Where us he about could run Connor. and walk and ride his bike. And they were able to help him with that. So what, what kind of, what did Connor have going on? Uh, Connor had a disease that is too complicated for me to even pronounce. Um, it trippedly rolls off of his tongue. But basically, one of his legs was like 11 inches shorter than the other. Oh, gotcha. Through okay. the surgeries, I believe he's on surgery number 11 or 12. I've lost count from all from the stories I've heard. I mean, it's, it's just, it's heartbreaking and exhilarating at the exact same time. Yeah, right. But they've been able to make it that he is literally this far from having normal length legs. So that, he has a shoe that's that. a little bridge. Oh, so cool. one of the, I know I'm flash forwarding into the event, but one of the greatest moments of that event is being uh, the benefit of Connor actually living here in St. Louis. Connor's mom brought him down to the lake and Connor was able to ride his bike around um, one lake just with one um, lap, just with me, and then another lap with myself and my son. And that was just so amazing to be oh, able to have that time with him and just have one-on-one -on -one conversations with him and hear some of the cool things that he's been able to do. I love it. All right, go Connor. That's, That's right. Really he, he is amazing. That's if amazing he is not the national spokesperson for Shriners Hospital in a couple of years, I'll be blown away. <laughs> All right, we're going to keep an eye out for him. Absolutely. So then dementia care. Yes. Uh, dementia care is one that um, connects with uh, what I do. So I'm the managing partner for Westport One, and we are a talent access firm. Old school name for that is a recruiting firm. Right. The practice that I run is senior living. So we have a team of uh, myself and two others that we focus on helping senior living organizations across the country identify and deliver the best community leadership, the executive directors, the directors of nursing, the directors of sales for those communities, as well as the corporate teams. Through the course of our time of doing this, we have heard some both heartbreaking and amazing stories from those community leaders about those that are in the community that suffer from dementia and Alzheimer's. Right. And those stories have broken my heart. But then they've told me those stories about how they've had those moments where their eyes flicker again. And they have that flashback to something that was so memorable to them. And I wanted to try to help just a little bit with the quality of life of those affected by dementia and Alzheimer's. Awesome. That's why dementia care came in. And while the research side is amazing, I really wanted to focus on that now and that quality of life of what they are doing now as opposed to the later, the latter. Gotcha. And you're, I mean, and you're such a champion because We've all heard and you, you know, the, the negative stories about assisted living and everything. And, and you have seen so much positive and been a part of so much positive. You're really a champion for these places. I, I'm just trying to do my little bit. I, I, it is, it, it's frustrating the, the negativity that's out there about the industry. And these people are literally giving their life away to help others. But not only the frontline workers, the community leaders, the corporate teams, 
the hours and hours of sleepless nights they've had to try to keep their residents safe and just as importantly, keep them physically and mentally engaged because social isolation in those spaces didn't used to be a problem. But with COVID and the pandemic, it's become an immense problem. And I'm just trying my little bit to try to pass on a little bit of encouragement. And the whole COVID thing, oh my gosh, that has just really rocked that industry. Yes, it has. It has. It actually impacted my run as well because my run was supposed to happen in May. But because of the St. Louis County Parks being closed down at the time, um, while right. I could have done the run in my subdivision and run my same street over and over again, it wouldn't have given me given the impact that we wanted to have. So we chose to delay it. And the park district was great to work with me to find a date that was not in the middle of summer. Uh, that that right. added extra yeah. complexities. <laughs> uh, but to find a date in October where I could still have that base camp and that shelter at Creve Coeur Lake. So, I mean, it was not a big issue to me, but it did impact me in that way. I had to keep my training going. I was ready to go in May. So I just had to keep uh, escalating my training to still be ready in, in October. So how many times do you run around Creve Coeur Lake to get to 24 hours? <laughs> over the course of the 24 hours, I ran for just over 87 miles. So um, around Creve Coeur Lake, it was just over 23 laps. I'll be darn. Did and you, I had to flip it up because of wind, and I didn't want to go dizzy. I mean, that's the, theoretical. If you keep going around the same way, you go dizzy. So I changed it up a little bit. Really? Um, the wind was a barrier uh, because the day of the run, uh, in the afternoon, from about 12 until about 4, 4.30, there was between 25 and 40-mile-hour head gusts. So uh, I chose to take a small portion of it and have that as my headwind. And then it was my, uh, my tailwind for part of it, which helped push me along a little bit as well. So wait. I did. I was not aware of this, but you will get dizzy running around in that big of no, a circle. No, it's that. It's that old. It's that old theory. You you really don't. Okay. So I, I. It was. It was the mental thing. It was all mental. Yeah, I, I had to think if I keep going only one way. Oh, I, I got to change it up. So I started yeah, going. Yeah. Uh, th- there's a beach there at Creve Coeur Lake. So I started going to the left of the beach. And then once we learned how the wind was going to blow, I went to the right of the beach. Okay, I'm glad we. I asked because I was just like, "Hey, no, I, it's not real. On. I'm not getting this in my head. I got to figure." This if out. I say oh, it confidently, you might believe it. I probably would, because <laughs> I would believe you. Well, I love it. I mean, wow, Chris, that's awesome. I mean, that's thank you for that kindness that you've given to these charities and that you've turned something you love. Right. You know, I mean, running, you've turned something that you love to do into something that can impact others positively. It's just beautiful. Well, thank you so much. I just try to find a way that I can give back doing what I do well and I can endure. I can suffer. So if I can do those things, I could help others. And as I was training and the training was hard. I kept thinking about those that were affected by Crohn's, the kids that have been treated right. at Shriners and those that are affected by dementia, and they live with those ailments 24-7. Right. So I could not do it 24-7 for the rest of my life, but I thought I can do it for 24 hours. So I have some questions for you, and I think this first one's super appropriate. <laughs> Especially coming from a person that ran for 24 hours straight, but uh, what running shoe would you recommend? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will give you the line that I was told when I first started looking. Whatever shoe works for your foot. Gotcha. Every, Every shoe brand has a different style. 
every different style will work for a different foot. My wife runs in Nikes. Nikes for running don't do great with my feet. I wear Asics. Asics don't do well for my friend. So it's just whatever shoe works for your foot. The best advice I could give is to go to a local running store and have them um, fit your foot, look at your running gait or your walking gait to find the right shoe that fits for you. That's good advice. And especially, did you have to change shoes at all during this run? Um, I I actually learned when I started um, ramping up my running several years ago that uh, you should swap them out. So I had three different pairs of shoes that I would rotate between. And I went through all three of those pairs over the course of 24 hours. I bet you did. I'll be darned. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Okay, this is kind of a fun question for you. Um, Are you a fan of the St. Louis Zoo at all? Absolutely. So when you go to the zoo, what's the first animal you want to go see? We want to go see the penguins, but they're always in the back. So usually we either go to the left to go to see the elephants and the um, hippos, or we go to the right and see the monkeys. Gotcha. Well, I, I'm a big fan of monkeys, as you yep. probably have gathered. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't figure it out with a hundredth monkey. That's what I'm telling you. So, all right. So you have obviously done this great act of kindness, but as of recent, have you witnessed or have you been party to, or have you given any sort of kindness, like a, a recent story about kindness? Well, actually, I, I'm going to share a moment of kindness from the day of the run. And what I'll, I'll say is 786. That's how many people that I counted that I said hello to while running. Really? Every time I was out there by myself, I would count every single person. And when I go running, I'm one of those annoying people that I say hello to everybody. But I actually added as a little extra mission to myself to say hello to every single person that I passed on the run. Many times I would get a hello back or a nod or a wave. Sometimes I would get a grunt. Sometimes I would get ignored. But I just wanted to pass on that little tiny bit of kindness by actually saying hello. I love it. It's that simple, right? It can be that simple, just saying hello. I say that all the time, like open the door for people. It's amazing how many people are yeah. surprised by when you just open the door for them when you're going yep. in the store or whatever. People are like, oh, oh, oh gosh, thanks. That's right. Chivalry is not dead. This is easy. This is so easy. It's this easy to be kind. Oh my gosh. Well, Chris, thank you so much for sharing your stories with us. I love it. And I mean, keep running, man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my friends asked me when I was done of what's next. And my wife gave me a pretty stern look that, well, let's talk about that later. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have an inkling or do we need to talk about it later? (laughs) Oh, I have some ideas percolating, uh, but this one took me about two months before I actually verbalized it. In my head, it was going through all my thoughts of, no, that's crazy. There's no way I can do that before I actually told my wife about it. And she goes, yeah, that sounds about as crazy as you are. So uh, I think we can do this. And Mish, I I never fathomed that we would have had the impact that we actually had. Over the course of the run, over the course of the training and leading up to the event, we actually raised over $20,000. Oh my gosh. And the real amazing part was a week before the run, we'd only raised $4,000. Really? Yes. So you had a bunch of like last minute like people. Yeah, and that's usually how it goes with fundraising. It really is. Especially yeah. in St. Louis, we're last minute people. I've decided it's the same with it's same with when you invite people to an event. It's like yeah. you're like, are we going to get enough people? And then yeah. all of a sudden, right at the end, it's like every shows up. We're like, oh, okay, good. Yeah. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, just the 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 giving 
and the generosity of people, whether it was a $10 donation or a $1,000 donation, it, it truly humbled me. And it was one of those things that helped keep, kept me moving. And that's why I've really had this, this belief in my head that we can do even more by doing than we actually can just by giving. We need those to give. Don't get me wrong. Right. But those that are able to do can have even more of an impact than those that are able to give because the, the, the generosity spreads so quickly. I love it. So do it, people. That's right. Do the kindness. Well, thank you, Chris. How can people find you, learn more about you out there? Um, I'm, I'm very active on LinkedIn, uh, just LinkedIn and uh, Chris Hines. Uh, so linkedin.com slash in slash Chris Hines. Um, semi-active on, on Facebook, more from the purely from the personal side. So LinkedIn would be the best page. Our company, Westport One. Um, is um, very active in talent access, not only in St. Louis, but across the country. And I've been doing that for 23 years. So I'm pretty um, um, prevalent on there as well. Awesome. Well, thank you, Chris, for being a guest today. I so appreciate it. And I appreciate everything you're doing. Thank you so much, Mish. Everybody out there, you've been listening to Mishmash. And make sure you join our movement. We have a Facebook group. Look up one 100th ME for Monkey Effect, and let's prioritize kindness. Thank you, folks. Have a good holidays. Mm-hmm.